Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Today we are talking about the fact that the spiritual man speaks the words of God. The spiritual man speaks the word of God. On Monday, we said the spiritual man finds fatherhood in God, knows God as their father. On Tuesday, we said the spiritual man knows the things of God. Why is it important for the spiritual man to know the things of God? Because the things of God are the things that have been given to us by God. God's promises are not his to benefit from. God didn't read the Bible so he could feel happy to be the number one author on earth. It was for you and I. So the spiritual man knows the things of God because the things of God are the things that have been freely given to us by God. And yesterday we were saying the spiritual man thinks the thoughts of God. So I'm sure you're saying, saying the progression. One, it's identity. Who are you? Yeah, you're a child of God. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. That song they've just been saying. So a child of God, that's step one. All the gymnastics in the house can't make you a son or daughter. You can even do the work, keep the curfew, mop the house, wash the dishes, including the plastic ones, and cut the grass. I don't know. You could even man the gate. It doesn't make you a son or daughter. So you have to first understand who you are and then knowing what is yours. Who are you? What is yours? And after that, adjusting your thinking to the things you know. Are you seeing the progress? So who am I? What are my privileges and responsibilities? Am I thinking the right way? And now today we're talking about are we speaking the right way? That's why he sang that song, Speak Life, Speak Life. Your mouth is your power portal. Your mouth is your power portal. People are healed by the words that come out of your mouth. Families are reunited. Businesses are birthed. Nations are directed by words. Words are such a critical part of life. In fact, let me go to my friend Timo, who, in whom I'm well pleased and converse with. The most significant difference between human beings and animals is age. Words. You have a head, the cow has a head. You have lungs, the cow has lungs. You have a stomach, the cow has four. You have hair, the cow has more. You have four limbs, the cow has four limbs. You have a brain, guess what? The cow has a brain. Because people might be thinking, yeah, it's the brain. We think they don't. No, they think. How do you know? How, how do you think it gets home by itself? How can it tell this is the way home? Because it's thinking about it. In fact, animals are much better than human beings in some of those functions. That's why a bird can fly for 8,000 miles, is it kilometers, from Australia to Europe and back to Australia and go to the exact nest it left. 
just by using star navigation. Human beings can't do that. That's why you ask for directions. Again, your mouth kicks in right there. So the only difference between human beings and animals is words. That's why you are given dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the seas, the animals on the land. Why do you have dominion over cows? Because they, you speak and they don't. The day they start speaking, you're done. So the, the one thing that gives humanity dominion on earth is the capacity to use words which the animals can't do. Because the words are what gives you divine or godly authority. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. How were they made? He said. And God said, let there be light. And light was. And then God takes this, the singular most important thing in his arsenal, and gives it to you and says, okay, now you can also say something. And when you know you're carrying that kind of power, you'd better be saying the right stuff. You'd better be saying the, the, the right thing. So the spiritual man does not take their words for granted, but speaks the words of God. First Peter 4.11 says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So today we are diving into this thing of speaking, speaking. What have you been saying to yourself? What have you been saying to others? Do you understand just how powerful the whole idea of speech is? Because it's incredibly, incredibly important. So, I used to not like my singing voice. Yeah? Singing voice. You understand singing voice? Yeah. Should, one of these days you should record yourself singing and play back on the phone. So I used to not like my singing voice. So I used to write music and make sure that other people, you know, I would arrange it. This one is singing this part. This one is singing this part. Me, I would just be around clapping. I had such serious doubts about my singing that uh, unfortunately, I, I took the wrong action on it. I started saying it. I started saying, I'm not such a good singer. Or I would say it in a way that it doesn't sound that bad. Like, you know, when I grow up, I want to sing like you. You know, like it's just a way of self-effacing. You know, I don't know whether it's, it's, there is no humility in it at all. But, you know, just the thing of not understanding that God has given you something unique that only you have. So I struggled with it for a long time. And then I started saying it. And the more I said it, the worse actually I sounded when I sang. Okay, at least to myself. And then I had a couple of Kairos moments. Uh, on three occasions, I was invited into a space to be part of like a worship team. One time, there was a men's retreat. I don't know the person supposed to do the worship didn't go. I ended up going. And then they said, Ah, oh, you are in charge. You know, lead us. So I had to sing a couple of songs. And then everyone was crying. Men's retreat, remember? Why are these people crying? 
Then one of the guys came to me and said, never stop singing. Say said, whatever you do, never stop singing. Just... Okay, well, that was interesting, you know. And then on another occasion, then one, the other one I remember I was in another country, big church, lots of people. Then I was asked to join the worship team for one song, just one song. So I go on in the service for that one song, and you know, you're part of a bigger group, you're just. So I led in that one song. And then at the end of the service, people lining up crying. And I, uh, what's going on here? Okay, because it wasn't supposed to be a tear-jacking song, you know, it was a worship song. Then I started to understand that I was <laughs> my own greatest enemy as far as that part of my life was concerned because of the things I was saying the things I was saying about my singing were killing my ministry in that area and yet a lot of other people, the way they experienced it was very different from the way I experienced it. Now, what, for you, what area is that in your life? Where have you one believed a lie and then you are acting on the lie with your words? Because King James Version says in so many places, take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. How you take a thought is by saying it. The temptation to think ill of yourself or to think ill of your ministry or your capacities or your business or your wife or your husband or your children or your home or wherever it is or your nation for that matter. The temptation is going to be there. The thought is going to be there but you don't have to take it. How do you take it? By saying now, that's both on the positive and the negative. So I started with the negative story, but there is the positive side. A good thought comes to you. Yeah. I am beautiful. Yeah. What, how do you take the thought? You say it. Yeah. I will sing. I will dance. And I celebrate your beauty in me. I celebrate your beauty in me. Okay. So, how do you take the thought? You say it. You say it. Okay? 1 Corinthians 2, 12 to 13. By the way, if you haven't noticed, we've been using 1 Corinthians chapter 2 as our master uh, scripture. He says, now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We use this verse on Tuesday. Now we have received the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, not the Spirit of the world. What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? To illuminate to us, to reveal to us, to make aware to us the things that have been freely given to us by God. The next verse is very important. It says, these things, which things? The things that have been given to us by God. These things we also speak. 
not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. These things we speak, these things, the things of God, the things that have been freely given to us by God are the things we speak. The spiritual man speaks only the things that have been freely given to them by God. Like, I am the righteousness of God. I am the healed of the Lord. He became poor that I might be made rich through his poverty. I, am, I have love, peace, joy, huh? patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against me. There is no law. Ay, 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 ay. Now, these things we also speak. What are you saying? What are you saying? That's the question we're asking tonight. What are you saying? It's not enough to be spiritually minded. You must be spiritually mouthed. Spiritually mouthed. Become spiritually mouthed. We need to get to a point where the only thing going through our power portal are the things we believe. It's not useful to know one thing by the spirit and speak another thing. You will have what you say, not what you see. You will have what you say, not what you see. I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that so many times tonight. It will start blessing you. You will have what you say, not what you see. You will have what you say, not what you see. Amen, 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 amen. We should only be speaking the things we believe. By the way, part of the purpose of praying in tongues is because, which is, tongues are the words that the Holy Spirit teaches. It's part of the words that the Holy Spirit teaches. It's to eliminate self-sabotage that many people practice in prayer. Some, some of you, your prayer life is killing you. Some prayers increase unbelief, not faith. You know, you can pray in such a way that you empower the devil through your prayer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember hearing Andrew Mark saying this, uh, especially, he wrote a very powerful book called A Better Way to Pray, you should go and buy it. I said that many times when he finds ladies, and then they come, they want their husbands to get saved. Then when they're like, I, I need you to pray for me, my husband. Then she starts listing a litany of his sins. And he's like, is this how you've been praying? And so the advice he always gives them is, first of all, stop praying for your husband. Because this kind of prayer is keeping him, is sending him further and further towards hell. These things we also speak. What are you saying? Second Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. We believe and therefore speak. The reason for us speaking is what we believe. If you don't believe it, at least keep quiet. Just keep mum. It's our faith that informs our speech. Our faith, not our circumstances, inform our speech. When you speak according to your circumstances, you will have what you see. If you speak according to your faith, you will have what you say. Now, you and I will agree that your circumstance might be good or not so good, but whatever it is, I'm sure you want it to get better.
better. How do you get it from where it is to where it ought to be? It's the words that we speak. Amen, amen, amen. Anytime we are seeking pity, you throw a pity party and start speaking for the devil. You know how you speak for the devil? I'm broke. I'm sick. I'm broken. I'm sad. I'm mad. Me, I'm like that. Like how? Like the devil. Yeah. You have become the devil's spokesman. Child of God, you don't have to take that job. Whatever we are saying about our spouses, our children, our leaders, our nation, our families, we are speaking into our future. You shall have what you say, not what you see. Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whoever does what? Say, not whoever thinks to this mountain. Not whoever observes this mountain. Not whoever tells God about this mountain. Not whoever kneels down and starts reporting. You see, some of your prayer life, it's as if you're reporting the devil to God. God, dear Lord God, sir. Oh, the devil. I can't let the devil do this. And the devil, you are just, you've turned it into a praise and worship session for the devil. He says, he says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever, what does whoever include? Everybody. It's not the pastors, it's not the Pope, it's not the reverend, it's everyone. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the, into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Next part is very important. But believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. You shall have what you say, not what you see. I remember I was reading Joel Austin's book long ago, many years ago, and I read this line in his book. He says, I can tell where you will be in 10 years just by listening to you. Now stop for a moment and listen to you. Stop for a moment and listen to you this day, what, what you were saying this day. Just, 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 just. Which direction are you going? Where do you see yourself going based on the conversations of the last two hours? Ladies and gentlemen, many times we've thought it is a God issue. God is not down with a problem. It's not that God is not answering prayer. God has gotten the steering wheel and he has put it in your hands. And you're steering to the left while praying that the car will move to the right. I am broke. I'm so broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. Lord, I need some money. I'm broke. I'm broke. Lord, money. I'm broke. I'm broke. Lord! The landlord. Okay. I am broke. Look, it doesn't work. And by the way, here is how I know it doesn't work. You have results. Yeah, your results tell, reveal to you how your thing has been working. You will have what you say. Instead of saying what, we, what you see, you need to say what you want to see. When you look at your child, instead of saying what you see, say what you want to see. When you look at your wife, instead of saying what you want to see, rather what you see, say what you want to see. The Bible says that, uh, 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 by the, what? that husbands love your wives, the request of the church that he might that gave himself for her that he might what? Sanctify? Uh, yeah? Gave her to himself by sanctify 
cleanser by washing of the water by the word. Uh, I think we say that, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Ephesians 5.26, and we say that the, the wife you, you, you got on your wedding day was the work of her parents. The one you have now is your work. See what you've done. Now, how, or in our work, Timo, so how do you do the work? The washing of water by the word. That's how Christ sanctifies the church. That's how the husband sanctifies the wife. And that's how you sanctify yourself and your future. The washing of water by the word. It's okay to go around saying, I'm awesome. I'm so awesome. Wow. I'm wise. I'm clever. I'm so rich. I'm so rich, you know the medicine for one to be rich like this. I am healed, I am blessed, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm walking by faith on my side each day, that's my new identity. What are you doing? You're practicing the same things God practices. God couldn't create the world without words. He says the spirit of the Lord hovered over the deep darkness. God was there. The Holy Spirit was there. Was anything happening? Zero. Until what? God said. It's not God thought, God mused, God flexed his muscles, about God what brushed his teeth. No. Said. Let there be light. What are you saying? Now, saying what you see is called journalism. Okay? You're a reporter. I saw. I witnessed. The border knocks the woman. The car, whatever it is. My bag was stolen. You're saying what you have seen. You're a journalist. Yeah. You're a reporter. Agatariko, umfufu, or umfufu, depending on where you come from. Yeah, you're just reporting. Saying what you see, you're a reporter. And that, that is not one of the spiritual gifts, by the way, in the Bible. That's journalism. Now, saying what you want to see is prophecy. Okay, I'll repeat that for emphasis. Saying what you see is journalism. Saying what you want to see is prophecy. Mm. I told you today's message is very simple. But if you practice it, this is going to change your life. Prophecy. Paul says in 1 Corinthians... 14, okay, here is what he says. He says, I wish that you all prophesied, not I wish that you all reported. <laughs> I wish that you all prophesied, in others, I wish that you all said what you want to see. Okay, now, uh, I'm going to say something here that it came to me when I was preparing. I don't know, it's for someone out there. It's not meant to discourage a certain practice, but maybe to realign a certain practice. A lot of people's journals, journals, does the word journalism come to mind? Are filled 
with the things they saw in that day. Today, such and such happened. Instead of what God said in that day. So what's in your journal? Because when you write a journal of what happened, you're recording history. When you write a journal of what should happen, you're creating history. There's a difference between recording history and making history. You don't make history by reporting what you saw. So and so, waited their bed. Okay, they took the mattress out. Then it rained, the mattress didn't dry. Banang, and now we have to borrow a mattress. No, 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 no. That's journalism, yeah? Your journal should be things like, God said this this morning. My child is going to Harvard. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? When you're journaling things like that, you are prophetic. Prophetic journalism. Okay, journaling. You shall have what you say, not what you see. Amen. By the way, I, I hope people like are being blessed by this. Eh? Yeah, because my amen team is very low on amen right now. But those who are at home, please just punch the amen in. Romans 10, 8 to 10, 8 to 10, says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth. Where, where tomorrow? In your mouth and in your heart, and says, that is the word of faith which we preach. It only becomes a word of faith when it's in your mouth and in your heart. Not just in your heart. Stuff in your heart is useless until you can say it. Anyway, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the mouth what? Speaks. But some people, their hearts are so abundant, but they are saying nothing. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Continue that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. The day you got saved, can I tell you what you did? To turn from darkness to light, to turn from the devil to God, to turn from eternal damnation to eternal blessing. Can I tell you what you did? Can I tell you what the preacher told you to do? He told you to say something. Such incredible change happened with the word. Dear Lord, dear Lord, I'm sorry I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. Today, today. I receive salvation. I receive salvation. I'm making my Lord a savior. I make my Lord a savior. Amen. Amen. And they say, now you are born again. Like what? And guess what? You have to believe it. And then it changed your life. And you became a new creation by saying. The greatest miracle of your life happened by you saying something. How do you think God is going to perform the lesser miracles of I need an extra pair of jeans, rent, money, husband, what? How do you think he's going to perform it? By the words you say. The reason most people are not married yet who should be is because they haven't been saying anything in that direction. They say what they see. I'm single. What? I'm not saying deny you're single. That's it. You know, it matters why you put the bat, okay? Yeah. I'm single, however. Oh. 
a tall, dark, handsome, godly, rich dude is looking for me. He hasn't just found me yet. Uh. Come on, somebody. A tall, dark, handsome, rich dude is looking for me. Uh, you got what I'm saying? A tall, dark, handsome, godly dude is looking for me. He has just found in me. Uh, uh, uh. A tall, dark, handsome, godly dude is looking for me and is about to find me. Come on, ladies. A tall, dark, handsome, godly dude is looking for me and is about to find me. What the music joker? Come on, people. Anyway, what do you lose if two months passing? They haven't come. You add them two more months. Have gra- give them grace. You're like, oh no, they are not in prayer. But I've added them two months, two months, two months. Hey, 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 hey. Why? With the heart, one believes and prayers. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is not just a hell escape mechanism where you. Don't go to hell, but go to heaven. That's part of it. But that's not all of it. Salvation is everything Jesus died for. Everything Jesus died for. All the peace, the joy, the wonderful relationships, the friendships that Jesus died. The Bible says he was forsaken. All forsook him and fled. Why? So that you will have people who don't forsake and flee. He became poor that you might be made rich. He was beaten to a pulp that your body might be healed. All of that is in this package called salvation. And what does the Bible say? With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Let's assume there is a room here, okay, called salvation. And that room has, my goodness, there's this guy who dreamt that he went to heaven and he went and they showed him a store with just new body parts. Like if you have ever prayed for someone and they got a new body part, that's where they came from. Yeah, new levers, what? They are there. Yeah, there's no reason why the guy would be lying. Besides, those people who pray for people, which is including me, and, and then limbs grow back or a new heart is made, where do they come from? From heaven. Okay, so let's say there's a, a big room here eh, called salvation. Eh? It has everything you have ever needed. And then there's a door here. Eh? You come up. You knock on the door. They will tell you. Password. In other words, open. You are, you are supposed to open for yourself. They are not going to open for you from the other side. Do you know how you open it? Confession Confession is made unto salvation. That's how you enter the room called salvation. With every good thing, you confess your way into the room. And by the way, those who want to get out, they want to leave every good thing here that Jesus has, and they go to the house of the world. Confession is made out of salvation. Mm. So you enter like this. Healing. I'm, I am healed. I am blessed. I'm walking by faith. 
What? I need a seat. I need a seat. Oh, I'm broke. I'm fake. That's how you get out. That's how you get out. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Philemon, verse 6 says that the communication of your faith, the communication of thy faith, KJV, may become effectual by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in Christ Jesus. Every good thing. Communication is, in KJV language, is not talking. It's the living out. The living out of thy faith may become effectual. How? By the acknowledging of every, not some of, every, when was the last time you sat down to just acknowledge? By the way, you can't acknowledge silently. If Beth sent me some money, which by the way she does often, uh, just confession. Not, not like confession unto salvation. No, this is reporting. I'm reporting her. And then the next time she meets me, I'm completely quiet. I don't send back a text. Or I don't say thank you. She'll be thinking, did he receive it or not? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, your phone is off. <laughs> Acknowledging is verbal. Yeah? How, how, do you, how, how does the living out of your faith become more effectual? You start acknowledging. Ah, thank you, Jesus, for my healing. I have acknowledged it. Thank you for my money. I have acknowledged it. Huh? What is that song? Huh? Ah. Where, where, when they sing, they do this? I am blessed. I am blessed. Huh? I'm the salt of the earth, and the salt of the earth, I carry the faith of God. I seize on the earth. What are you doing? You're confessing unto salvation. You're saying, I'm the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. That's what the Bible says about you. But when you come and say, ah, no, 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 no. No, you are above only and not beneath. Amen. Confession is made unto salvation. You shall have what you say. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. Okay? But you shall meditate in it. Day and night. Day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Okay. The word but in that verse seems to indicate opposites. Okay? Okay? When they say, don't go down, but go up. Okay? This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. In other words, meditation is the book being in your mouth. Now, the Western interpretation of meditation has robbed the church of the power of confession. Because now people only interpret meditation as thinking about deeply yoga stuff, you know? Um, 
meditate. Empty the mind. Meditate. No, 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 friends. No, no, no. That's not how you heal the sick. No, 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 no. That's why it says meditate in, not meditate on. It says, the book shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. The book shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. In other words, meditating in it is the equivalent of the book not departing from your mouth. It's in your mouth. It's not this book of the law shall not depart from your notebook. You know, there are people who go for every service, they write notes. Let me confess, I'm one of those people who don't write notes. I prefer to look at the preacher like this eh, and receive impartation. Just like behold the preacher like this and be as if uh, there is a pipe between me and them. And then when I go away, I feel like I've, I've got what they are saying. Then I start saying it. Because I'm not discouraging taking notes. Uh, they say, anyway, they say something. Uh, a blunt pencil is better than a sharp memory. But the point is, the point I'm making is, don't end at writing the notes. Because it can become a religion. You become the note-taker religion. Let me ask you, all those note-takers, okay, some of them are here, they are good note-takers because they go and act on it. But you know all the note-takers who have notebooks from Sunday services for the last 15 years. Where is the evidence? Where is the evidence? Okay? Yeah. Hmm? Have you heard of quiet time? You do quiet time, year in, year out. Year in, year out. It has become a religion. Don't be fooled by activity. Examine your results. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in results examination. Don't be fooled by activity. You see, the devil's lies are such that he can dupe you into an activity that is unproductive, but because you're already busy with the activity, you never stop to examine the results. You're like, oh, this is not taking. Where is the results? Okay, okay, I've, I have my quiet time thing. I write, I write. Where are, the, where are the healed people? Yeah, where are the salvations? Where is the manifestation of the power of God? What I'm saying, write the notes. Then go start saying it. Because for you, you might be deceived in thinking that the writing was enough the word in your notebook is completely yes. as sterile as words that have not been spoken. Words unspoken do not breathe life. Okay, let's say I love my wife. Okay, which is true. But I never tell it to her. How powerful is that? Huh? How powerful is that? It's like, shaka ma. I know I love my wife. My goodness. Yeah. Woo. Woo. I even know the Greek version of this love. Yeah? But she has never had me. There is one fellow told his wife, I told you I love you on the day of our wedding. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. 
don't be that. <laughs> Look, it's on it. The, my love only gains significance when I finally say it. I love you. So let's say I have a feud with Timo and I forgive him. But I never say anything to him. Do you know how weak that is? <laughs> like I have to come and say, Timo, you know, the other thing, I forgive you. Yeah. And also forgive me. It's people, we are underestimating the power of our confession. Yeah. And I can tell you, it's the bridge. It's the bridge. It's the bridge between where you are and where you have always wanted to be. It's the bridge between the knowledge you have and the experience you lack. The knowledge you have and the experience you lack. So it's to meditate in it. And, and, say, and then he says, there's a, a process. He says that, he says that you shall meditate in it day and night. That, that, that's, by the way, the word meditate here, it means to matter. M-U-T-T-E-R, matter. To speak softly under your breath. You know, like, that's one of the key advantages of wearing masks nowadays. You can say, you can pray in tongues the whole time or say the right things without anyone thinking you're saying anything. So make use of that mask. It says you can, it's to matter, it's to matter. I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire, 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 I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire. Ooh, I heal the sick, I heal the sick. Just like Jesus said, I heal the sick, I heal the sick. Can you imagine you walk around According to all that's written in it. Do you know the bridge between you knowing the word and doing it is saying it? Saying it. You can't say something consistently for a long time and then do otherwise. It's not possible. It's not possible. Like, I am filled with joy. I am filled with joy. Yeah. I am filled with joy. 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 Like, how do you say that when you're sad? No, I'm filled. Soon, soon people find you're like, huh? What has this smoked? I am filled with. And you are the most high now. I am filled with joy. I am filled with joy. I am filled with joy. I'm actually starting to feel happy just saying that. I am filled with joy. Come on, peep. I am filled with joy. He says, when you meditate in it, when you say it day and night, you are going to start doing it. You are going to start doing it. It's impossible for you to say it day and night and you don't do it. You're going to start doing it, even you, and it will come with so much ease, you'll be like, what? And he says, then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. That's the pathway to success. I, 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 some, some, 
Psalm 1 repeats the same. He says, His delight is the law of the Lord, and on Israel, in Israel he meditates day and night. And says, It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in the season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, whatever he does shall prosper. You are the one who makes your way prosperous. You are the one who gives yourself good success. It's no longer up to God. God has already opened the windows of heaven, like the, he even removed the shutters and threw them away. The only frames left. Now, for you, the point is, what are you saying? What are you saying? Because then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Can you imagine there's good success? Like, you would think all success is good. But this guy says you can have success which is actually good. I had this from Creflo Dollar. The process of manifestation. Your words lead to your thoughts. Your thoughts lead to your feelings. Your feelings lead to your actions. Your actions lead to your habits. And your habits lead to your destiny. I'll say that again. Your words lead to your thoughts. Your thoughts lead to your feelings. Your feelings lead to your actions. Your actions lead to your habits. And your habits lead to your destiny. What does it start with? Your words. Your words. The sower so the word. Mark 4, Mark 4, 13 to 14 says, And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And says, the sower sows the word. Now, okay, we taught this at MC Live a few weeks ago, but some of you may have missed. You're about to get revelation. Yeah. The, the kind that's going to change your life forever, right now. Now, verse 13 is very instructive. It says, do you not understand this well? How then will you understand all the parables? In other words, not understanding this automatically blocks you from understanding everything else Jesus is teaching. Yeah. If you don't understand the parable of the sower, if you don't understand how the kingdom of God works in terms of how the word gets manifested in a life, then everything else Jesus is saying and teaching, just forget. Just get saved, confess your sins, and be ready to go to heaven. Forget victory here. Because he's talking about the kingdom. This is not heavenly exit. This is kingdom living on earth. He says, if you don't understand this, you will not understand the rest. Okay, let's unpack the understanding of this parable. This is the parable of the sower. Sorry, we haven't read it. But if you've heard of the parable of the sower, a sower went out to sow and he scattered some seed and some seed fell by the wayside and some fell on rocky ground, stony ground. Others fell on good ground, but they were choked by weeds. And then others fell on good ground and brought forth uh, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And then says, if you understand this parable, eh, you are going to understand the rest of the parables. You could say either all the parables or the parables he taught this day in Mark 4, he taught many, many parables in this section, which all had to do with the seed, the seed, the seed. Okay, so let's unpack the understanding. So 
Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this parable, okay? And the parables that come after it. But let's say the first one is the obvious one which you've been taught since Sunday school. Four types of souls and you are one of them. Okay? And you'll decide which one you are. I'm not down to decide for you. One was hard ground. And it says the seed fell and immediately the enemy stole the seed. So he didn't even have time to germinate. says those are the ones who hear and they forget what they've just had. And then the second category, it fell and it, it immediately sprouted, but there was rock, rocky ground. And because of the rocky ground, it didn't last. It just... And says those ones are the ones who hear the word and they are excited. Yeah, they are the ones who lift chairs in church saying, preacher, preacher, woo, I got it, I got it. Excitement. And they say what? Persecution. When persecution comes, they deny. Ah, me, I don't believe in hearing things. Mm. The third category are the ones who falls on good ground, it comes out, and then the weeds, they choke. And says these are the ones who, they are doing well, but then the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in, they chuck the word and it becomes unfruitful. Okay? So that's a third category. Then the last category are those who, it's okay. The soil is good, blah, blah, blah. bring forth 100, 30, 60, 100 fold. And there are four types of soils, you are one of them. So that's one phase of understanding the parable. And in fact, here is one of the interesting things to note of the four types of soils in case you want to become better soil. How do I become better soil? Do you want to know? Yeah. The best soil didn't have more. It had less. How do you become better soil? Less. Less. Less activity. Less busyness. Less cares of this world. Less deceitfulness of riches. Less weeds. Less stones. You see it more. The first soil was hard ground because people had been walking on the path. So the soil itself is really good, but it is overcompacted. So the seed can't go in. So how do you make that soil better? You, you loosen the soil. You make it less compacted. The second soil had stones. So the soil is not the problem. It's the stones. The third soil had the weeds and the, the thorns. That, so it's, the soil is not the problem. It's the weeds and the thorns. The last soil was exactly like the first four, three soils. It's just that it didn't have all these other disruptions. It didn't have the compaction, it didn't have the, the stones, and it didn't have the weeds and thorns. So it's not that the last soil is better soil than the others. It's not that they are better Christians than you. No, 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 no. They are just Christians who are less distracted from the word of God. So I hope I've manage to do the part that you know. Now let me do the part you don't know. <laughs> and the part you don't know is the most important part. 
That's why he says, when you don't understand this parable, you won't understand the rest of the parables. Because when you compare, Timo, this parable, Mark 4, we are in Mark 4, to all the other parables in Mark 4, there's only one consistent revelation and it has nothing to do with the type of soils. The consistent revelation is the sower sows the word. The side of sowing. So on one hand, you might be the soil, which is what kind of heart are you? On the other hand, you are the sower. You are the sower. And through all Mark 4, he talks about the, the kingdom and the, the, this parable of the four soils. Then the parable of the growing seed that, 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 that a man sows, then he doesn't know how it happens, but it comes up. Then there's the parable of the mustard seed, yeah? The big tree. All of it, the one, the one consistent thing about all the parables is not the soil types. It's the seed type. The sower sows the word. Who sows the word? You. How do you sow the word? By speaking it. Because if the sower sows the word and says one kind fell on, on this, uh, so, so how, how do you actually, how does the sower sow? How, how did the sower sow? Because they are, let's say, Timo, you are, you are four of you here, different soils. Okay, I need four people. This is not going to make sense without people. If you want to be the fruitful soil, you are better position yourself properly. Come, come, I need a fourth person. Mask. So, this is the hard ground. Yeah? This one rocks. Wow. <laughs> really? Okay. Hmm? This one? Choked. Weeds choked. This one? Mute. Fruitful. What did we say? For all of them, the seed is the, the, the ground is the same. This is not better ground than this or this or that. It's just that this ground has less. There are no weeds, there is no rocks, and the ground is not compressed. Now, let me say I'm the sower who sows the word in the four soils. How do I sow that word? No, no, in the interpretation. Because it says, how... how how, how do I sow the word? Yes, how do you hear when I'm sowing the word? I speak. Yeah. You know, by the way, you might think it's obvious to a lot of people on, on, on YouTube and Facebook, but it's not. How do you sow the word? You speak. You don't spit them. These people are not, the, the interpretation is that they are not soil. These are not soil. They are people. They are human beings, and the way the word is sown is by speaking it. Okay, let me lose three of the soils. Let me retain this one. Now, you could say, yes, yes, uh, the sowing is, someone is speaking. But do you know it also works by you? So, because you are a dual person, you can be both the sower 
and the soil. So how do you sow the word? By speaking. Okay, you can. So he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how do you store up the word? By hearing. But how do you sow the word? By speaking. You store the word by hearing. You sow the word by speaking. So whatever is it that you've had God say, until you speak it, you haven't planted the word. Consistency. Mark 4, 26, 29. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. In this parable, it does not talk about different types of soils. The consistent thing is the seed. How is the kingdom of God? As if a man should scatter seed on the ground. How does he scatter? Speaking. You are not in the kingdom operationally if you are not yet speaking. Those who are not speaking, the kingdom is shut up to you. And then he says many other things about that. You see, there's a reason why not everyone reading the Bible is having results. Yeah. Yeah, even you. You've read it, but you don't have the results. You know why? Because you have brought the seed in, you haven't planted it. Never be deceived into thinking that reading the Bible or listening to me preach is sowing. No, that is storing. That is storing. A person who has 10 tons of seed in the warehouse and starts expecting a harvest is insane. It doesn't matter how much seed you have if you haven't planted it. And you're there waiting on a harvest. You're you're insane. You're not okay. Yes, you can store it up. Every morning you wake up at 5 o'clock. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, and you keep growing, you're storing your warehouse at your farm, and you're expecting a harvest. <laughs> the guy who has one kilogram of seeds and goes and what? Plants them. That guy who knows, they, they, had, they overheard a preacher on radio. Then they start saying, I am healed. I am blessed. Before you know it, the guy has more results than all these so-called mature Christians. You see, the biggest deception in church is mature Christians. They behave a certain way. They dress a certain way. They look a certain way. They carry Bibles of a certain number of kilograms. And everyone is deceived into thinking they are mature. But they have no results. And the Johnny come lately, they had one thing being said, and they, they, they believe it, they confess it, they, 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 they do it, they start doing it. For you are there in your maturity. You fail to join a missional community, you fail to make disciples. I'm mature. Don't even take me there. The only sign of maturity is reproduction. Where are your disciples? If you're so mature. 
the sower sows the word. You will have what you say, not what you see. You store up the word by hearing it, but you sow the word by speaking it. You store up the word by hearing it, but you sow the word by speaking it. You store up the word by hearing it, but you sow the word by speaking it. You store up the word by hearing it, but you sow the word by speaking it. Mark 4, 30 to 30 to consistency. I'm just, I'm staying in Mark 4 to create consistency because I don't want you to be confused about what Jesus says that if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand the rest of the parables? Why? Because between all, there are like four parables in Mark 4, or is it five? Between all of these parables, there is only one consistent thing, the sowing, not the soil type. Not even what he's demonstrating out of the sowing. Because in one, he's showing how when you sow, there are different soil types. In another, he's showing how when you sow, the growth is in three stages. First the blade, then the ear, then the foot ear and the blade. And he says that. And then in another one, when you sow, the, the, the process of developing into a big tree. Then he said, what shall we like in the kingdom of God? Oh, with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown, when it is sown, when it is what? on the ground is smaller than all the seeds of the earth but when it is sown it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air might nest under its shed. What's the consistent thing between the first, these three parables, Mr. Mesuba? Sowing. Sowing. Not type soil. Not even the lesson he's teaching. He's teaching different lessons yeah. in each of the parables using the same principle of sowing the word. That when you sow the word, can you imagine all these different kind of things can come out. All these possibilities can come out of that same consistent thing of sowing the word. And that's why he says you must understand this parable to understand the rest of the parables. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I sense a breakthrough, by the way. I real sense a breakthrough. You store up the word by hearing it, but you sow it by speaking it. What are you saying? You will have what you say, not what you see. Did I say I'm concluding? Let me start. Let me, I have to start concluding because really, yeah. By the way, today I'm early. That's conclusion one is here. Let's let me give you another demonstration using two verses that are similar but different. Mark 4, 21-25. Now, has it occurred to anyone that all of this is Mark 4? Because I could have arranged it in order, but it would not have made sense to you. But let it occur to you, friend, that I'm still in Mark 4, and he's talking about the what? The seed the seed. In Mark 4, he's talking about the seed of the word. Now, see what he says. Now, look at the comparison he pulls out. Like, who on earth can compare these two things except Jesus? Also, he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which shall not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. 
Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use. How do you use what you hear? By saying it. It will be measured to you and to you who hear, more will be given. With the same measure you use, not with the same measure you hear. Uh -uh, you can hear a hundred sermons. You can write in a hundred journals. You can write in 10,000 notebooks every Sunday when you go to church. It's the measure of usage, not hearing, that determines fruitfulness. But what did he just compare it to? A lamp. And a what? A basket. The person who reads the Bible every day and says nothing is a person who lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Mm. I think I'm starting to enjoy this sermon. After yesterday's enjoyment, I wasn't sure this is repeatable, but I'm starting to enjoy this sermon. Hey, I'm enjoying this sermon. I'm preaching to myself, Moses. You gotta change your confession. Yeah. Woo! My God, my God. There is a breakthrough in understanding right now. There is a breakthrough in understanding right now. Take heed what you hear. In other words, don't just let, let any junk into your system. We talked about this yesterday. Because once, once you let it all in, you're going to start using it. It says, but with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> Then he compares it to a lamp. Huh? He says, thy word is a lamp. You see that psalm? psalm? Give me that psalm verse. Psalm 119, 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp. He has just, Psalm 119, and a light to my path. He has just compared the word, the seed, the sower sows the word. The word is a lamp. And he says, if you light a lamp, are there lamps around here? If you light a lamp and put it under a basket, there is a problem with you. When we find you, we will wonder, what is going on in this house? Why is a lamp being put under a bed? Those people who fix electricity in houses, when your electrician comes and says, Madam, and then you say, eh, 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 welcome, welcome. Then you say, you see that master bed? The, the bulb should be below the bed. Then the electrician will be like, Madam, are you sure? Eh? B3, come with the lamp. Let's start concluding. Yeah. Tofa, you're a The electrician comes to Nigeria. Yeah? No, you don't. Because, yeah, because uh, here's the thing. don't need an electrician. Yeah, no, this is a joking part. Yeah? Okay. You only need an electrician when you have electricity. <laughs> no, the Nigerian people need an electrician because there's electricity. Yes, it's true. Yes. 
So now, go away. So now, let's say we, we come to Nigeria. Mm. Eh? You buy a, an extension cable. Mm. You plug in this thing. Mm. Hmm? Then you, you put it under the bed. Mm. And then you even cover the blanket on the side. So, so then bubbles comes. Mm. I see duck in the room. Hey. <laughs> Mommy, duck in the room. Mommy, duck in the room. Mommy, duck in the room. You're like, bubbles? Of course there is a light. There is light. Like, mommy, where is the light? Eh, eh, bubbles. Check under the bed. Then bubbles checks. The light is under the bed. Bubbles. The next time Uncle Mose comes to Nigeria, that's going to be the topic. Yes. Uncle Mose, come and see. <laughs> because who does that? a lamp under the bed. But you know, if you've been reading the Bible all these years and you say nothing, that's exactly what you've been doing. Okay? My God. An unspoken word is the light under a basket. Now, let me give you the comparative verse in Luke. Luke 8, 16 to 18, so, so that, you know, Bambi, so that. B3. After you've taken that last note, you need to come because we are concluding. Okay. He says, no one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lamp stand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will, be re- that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore... For that reason, take heed how you hear. Mark said what you hear. This one has even taken to another level. It's not just enough to hear. It's not enough what you hear. It's even a how you hear. Huh? Huh? For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Take it out here. Why? Because how you hear is going to determine how you use. And it still started with the idea of the lamp. A lamp, a word unspoken, is a lamp under a bed. When you don't tell your wife, I love you, you, you the lamp is under the bed. When you don't tell your husband, I'm proud of you, Wives, do you know how many husbands, yeah? If someone came and told them that, they really need to be strong. You've never told your husband you're proud of them. Then there are other things, people there at office praising him. Mr. Sansa, you're so good at what you do. We are so proud of you, Mananga. We are proud of our boss. Hey. Hey, my goodness. <laughs> you know, you flourish where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Ask yourself, is your husband flourishing at work more than at home? And does that explain why, even with the lockdown, people are finding a way of going to the bar so that they can arrive late that home? Why? Because they can go there and flourish in the bar because everyone is talking about their achievements. 
every husband's greatest need among one of the many. Of course, there are others we can't talk about here. Greatest need is a spouse who says, I'm proud of you. Sister, the Lord did not call you. The Lord didn't say, and he gave him a critic that is fit for him. <laughs> he said he gave him a helpmate that is fit for him, not a critic. Every husband's worst nightmare is a critic in bed. Oh, okay, like one you stay with. Yeah, not, not just critic in that area, but basically you live with a person you finally you got your own son not in the flesh in the heart in the heart you're bleeding constantly so when some girl comes around and starts showing you how she thinks you're so good you'd better have a good pastor and you'd better have been reading your bible and you'd better belong to a men's group where you confess your sins one to another constantly yeah yeah, otherwise, oh, when they, oh, when they be on booze enough, I'm fellowship, I, I'm strong on my own, I know God by myself. Oh, when they, I'm telling you, oh, when they. Where are we? How are you here with the same measure you use? Let me tell you, friends, it's so easy to win at life. Mm. Just think about our friend Chinobe. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's standing for MP, by the way. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I know what, uh, every time, uh, he's, he's, like the, the way he speaks, eh? <laughs> <laughs> You can think people are proud. Look, no, people are not being proud. People are walking on the word of God. Yes. Yeah, I know this particular character is not a favorite of many people for many reasons. But President Trump, huh? <laughs> when everyone had written off that guy in the last elections, like no one gave noticing, he was the only single firm believer in himself, <laughs> and he let everyone know it. We're going to win. We're going to win. It's going to be big. There's a biggest... Now, it didn't matter whether he was telling lies or what. I mean, politics is politics. I'm not here to endorse any politician. But I'm amazed at how a person can continue to be as if they're not hearing what everyone else is telling them. You know, whenever I say, sit down, I'm like, I'm standing up, I'm standing up. In fact, I'm the best stand up you have ever seen. Stand up. <laughs> now, that's that person, you know, with their own words about themselves. How about you? Who has the word of God and what God has said about you? What are you saying? What are you saying, child of God? Wow. The word unspoken is like a lamp under the bed. It's not effective. Ezekiel 37, it's a long story. 
the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all round and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. Some of you, some things in your life right now are like very dry bones. And he said to me, son of man, so now God is t- telling you, huh? whatever your name is, can these bones live? Angela, can these bones live? They said, can these bones? So he said, I answered, I said, oh Lord God, you know. Eh? You've maintained that status of, ah, Lord, it's up to God. Yeah, God, God will do it. God, will, God is not going to do it without you. Okay, so uh, again he said to me, so God corrects him. Prophesy to these bones. They are very dry. Whatever, don't talk about their dryness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, that's what people have been saying about their marriage. They are telling everyone how bad it is. Why you're looking for pity. But have, has it occurred to you, to, to you that the more you tell, the worse it becomes? Yeah? So he says, instead of reporting, you're not a journalist. Why are you telling everyone about things? Professor, say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Okay? Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. This is a person speaking to dry bones. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Tell your neighbor, prophesy as you've been commanded. And as, it says, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly, a rattling. And the bones came together, born to born. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. In other words, I prophesied, but the process reached a certain place. Now they are like dead bodies. You've gone from dry bones to dead bodies. Very dry bones that are even apart. Now you have dead bodies. They are combined, but they are dead. So God was more specific. And to some of you, God is being more specific. You've been saying, okay, Lord, I'm praying for my husband. What are you praying for? What was specific? He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. It's as if God is desperate. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds of breath and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. What a picture. What a picture. I have not time to go to James and tell you how We stumble in many things, but if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. 
able also to bridle the whole body. In other words, your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. What are you saying? If I had time, I would go to Matthew 15, 11 and tell you how Jesus says that not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth yeah. This defiles a man. If I had time, I would go to Mark 7, 15 and tell you there is nothing that enters a man from the outside which can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. Your words are more important to your health than your diet. I can hear the sound of a new Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.